Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Nebraska football put out their spring schedule last night. Start March 20th. There'll be a Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, culminating with the spring game on April 22nd. Michigan started spring football yesterday. Everybody does it a little bit yeah. uh, wow. differently. Sam McEwen of the World Herald joins us. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, let's start with basketball. You've, you've, you've been around a long time. You've covered a, a bunch of different personalities, a bunch of different athletes. Can you put into context this Tomonaga mania for <laughs> somebody who wasn't playing, was playing but wasn't playing the amount that he is now and, of course, wasn't playing at that level consistently, is on this heater that has kind of done – a couple of things. Maybe saved his coach's job. It has reignited a fan base. They are winning. There's hope. He's made it fun. And the kid's become a rock star. How would you wrap all that up and describe to somebody what Tomonaga mania is? Well, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, he scored over 20 in the last uh, five, five games, 20 or more. And, you know, he, he plays with... Uh, an irrepressible joy, and nobody begrudges him it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, nobody, everybody loves it. And so, like, even the opponents. I mean, nobody has a problem with, <laughs> with you know, the, the things that Casey does on the floor. And so I think there's a, there's a real exuberance to the way he plays. Uh, there is a kind of style. Some of the shots he takes, and some of the layups he makes, um, he's you know he's out there having you know real fun. Um, I think people appreciate that he appreciates all of it, and and sometimes um, you know really really good players can can sometimes rub people the wrong way because mm-hmm. they they have a you know a, a sense of their importance and so. You know, can, can get frustrated with their their teammates and things like that. In case they bring really none of that to the table, um, so it's just it's just not there. Um, I think he he plays really hard. Uh, he 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 scores a lot of points. He does it in a fun way. The team's winning, and they I, and and they are winning yep. to a great degree because of what he's doing. Yeah. Now, Derek Walker's the best player on the team, and he 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 plays a key role every game, but that's been true all of these. Um, you know, so without Derek, they don't win the game, but Derek's been there. You know, Casey is the different, uh, the different part of this story that is, that has ignited this run. Casey and Sam Boyer. Um, now Sam, Sam had specific moments in some of these games where he's done some stuff in the Wisconsin game with the steel. And then on Sunday against Maryland, where he's done stuff that people won't forget. Uh, Husker basketball fans won't forget whether Sam is a is an elite player in two years or not. I don't know, but he's done some stuff in the last three weeks that that you know diehard Husker fans will remember for a very long time. Okay. Yeah, and, and Sam, we were kind of touching on this yesterday, but it, we remember at the end of last year, it, Nebraska was kind of the the senior day killer for 
you know, Ohio State and Wisconsin. But I don't know if anybody had any real feel that, hey, this this team is, you know, going to carry that into the Big Ten tournament. Is it a similar feeling of what's going on right now, or do you think there there could be sort of more to what Nebraska is kind of figuring out, and more importantly, what Fred Hoiberg is kind of figuring out when it comes to rotations and, and what he can use, you know, with a, sort of a limited roster right now? Does it feel any different than it way, than it did at the end of last year? Well, they they started it a couple weeks early, and we'll yeah. see we'll see if they can they can roll that out, you know, um, into the Big Ten tournament. I I do like the chances to beat Minnesota. Uh, because Minnesota's going to be exhausted and Minnesota's not very good. Um, Michigan State will be tough, um, but we'll see what Michigan State's schedule is because I think they have to reschedule a game with Minnesota as well. Um, so they may have, uh, you know, a tight schedule in there. Um, and then you got the game at Iowa. You know, I, I wouldn't think Nebraska would win that game. It's a hard place to win, but uh, you just never know. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's things where you're like, hmm, maybe, maybe not. Well, We'll see. And so, you know, I would say that uh, they have a chance to, to, to extend this. What's been true of Fred's team, uh, well, at least the last two in this one, is they get they get better shooting as the season goes on. And, and we'll see. You know, maybe they started this run early. Maybe they can get to 19, you know, if they win a couple of Big Ten tournament games uh, and make it fun. You know, I, I, it's hard to say. they played so many good teams this year. They're battle-tested. That's yeah. for sure. Uh, they're not you know, they're not going to walk into any of these games and not have a clue about what's going on. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of positive things that you could say, and and I do think they've largely figured out who they want on the floor when. Um, you know, Keita has a specific role. That's helpful. Um, and then, you know, they, they know what they want to do when Sam comes in the game and what Sam can help them with. Um, he's certainly not a guy that you want to play 40 minutes if you don't have to. Um, but he can play a lot of minutes for you, and there's a lot of things that he can do. Hey, let's uh, shift to recruiting, because Carter Nelson yesterday got, you know, Lane Kiffin following Nick Saban drops an offer. Texas offers a kid from Ainsworth, Nebraska. I'm guessing that a lot of these coaches have never been around an eight-man football game, but his stock is going through the roof in less than a year. We know what he can do track and field-wise. We're seeing him do more on the football field. But he is a wanted man. What's your gut tell you about how this whole process is going to work out where Nebraska is in the mix as well, and especially next month when they have their Monster Junior Day, he's slated to be here. How do you think this is going to play out? That's a good question. Um, well, for one thing, I think any time that Alabama offers a kid, um, you have to think about what role they might play in the recruiting process. Alabama usually wants an answer uh, pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So not always. Uh, they waited on Caden Crocker, obviously, until the last day. But but they usually want an answer relatively fast because they can recruit almost anyone. And so we'll see if that, re- that relationship um, gets going very quickly. Uh, obviously, I think Nebraska will have a tremendous opportunity and Matt Rule's put in the work. Um, I'll be curious to see if, if, if the day, the big junior day is the day that you, you want to bring somebody like that in. There's, there's probably two different approaches. One, you bring in a kid like that on his own, you know, um, before you have the big junior day and you sort of present Nebraska as, as maybe a kid from Nebraska would want to see it. Uh, and then maybe you bring him in on the big junior day when Dylan Rayola is there and say, you know, is this the guy? 
hey, we think we're going to get this guy. Is this the guy that you want throwing passes to you? Mm-hmm. And so on and so forth. And so I think there's there's a couple of different approaches you could take. I do like Nebraska's chances, um, as I would with, with almost any in-state kid, uh, especially one that's not from uh, from Omaha. But, uh, you know, this, is, this has been made complicated by a series of, of really good offers. I think I will be in the mix. I think Alabama will be in the mix and Nebraska. And then you just, I guess you just never know. But, but I think yeah. Carter Nelson will probably has a good chance of ending up in Nebraska. I think they, I think Nebraska's going to have a very, very good recruiting class before they ever kick off in Minneapolis. I think they'll have 15 to yep. 17 commits. And I think you're going to like the star ratings behind a number of those commits. Well, and uh, Sam, speaking of star ratings and uh, that, that March 25th date, that is a big one for uh, juniors. Roger Gradney, he will be there, but uh, doesn't need to wait till then to make his commitment. He does that to Nebraska. And so you're talking about an athlete that uh, most likely will be on the defensive side. But it, it, just kind of gathering what he said almost sounded like they haven't really reduced him to just one role. Might have been the reason that Nebraska came out on top. Is that what you're kind of hearing with Gradney? Well, yeah. I mean, I think he's basically securing a spot in Nebraska's class with no visit in March. And Absolutely. I think that'll go well, and, and they'll continue on their way. Um, he was hurt for much of last year. Uh, he only played five games. According to him, he's had a, basically a torn labrum for three years mm. and didn't really know it and so played hurt for many, many years. Uh, and now he's gotten that fit and maybe, you know, a completely different player as a senior. Um Kind of a, he's, yeah, he's kind of a utility player. He plays a little bit of defense and a little bit of offense and plays for a small school um, in Texas, about 70 miles east-west. Yeah, west of Houston. I, I don't. <laughs> I think this is a really good example, again, of, of Matt Rule and Evan Cooper and his staff just saying, we like what we see on tape from this kid. This guy's going to be uh, – yeah. we're going to take this guy – in three or four years, he's going to be a completely different guy than he is now. Mm-hmm. He's going to be healthy. He's fast. He's got you know pretty good track time, um, and I think that's what they're doing. Here. And and he's pretty fit. So mm-hmm. it depends on the recruiting that you look at. But he's one ninety, one ninety five. So he doesn't. He does not. Sometimes track guys come in and they're one hundred and sixty pounds, and right. he can't really play football at the collegiate level at one sixty unless you're about five seven. Uh, and so some of these guys are not. They're like six one and one sixty five. Well, Gradney is. You know, you watch it. He's 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 one ninety one ninety five. He's he's got size on which, which you want to be able to see, right? Because you that's a football player that you think you can project, uh, whose whose yeah. football body is already fairly developed. So. I can't say I know a ton about him. He only got his offer on Sunday, and which I you is, know which uh, is wild. Yeah, so, you know, I, I think usually what happens is I, they get on my radar when they get offered. Not, I mean, I'm not, uh, I don't know a ton about a kid from uh, Altair, Texas, prior to his offer. So I think this is quick, but, but I think Nebraska was willing to do it. I don't think they would have offered him if they weren't willing to take this commit. I don't think you offer a kid from rural Texas unless you're prepared for his commit. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's you know what I mean. Like you, you can offer a kid from Houston and say, "Well, you know, hey, let's throw our hat in the ring," but we don't we don't really think he's going to commit yet, and we're not sure he would commit to us if he was. 
But I think they knew when they offered it, <laughs> he was probably going to commit. Yeah, I, uh, so Nebraska beats Texas Tech for his services, and we'll see how it goes. See, I agree with you. I, I, maybe it's it's unfair to say take a flyer on him, but they projected what he could be, especially if he can be healthy and the shoulder is fine, the hip is fine. He's got exactly everything they want. He's from Texas. He's got speed. And, you know, you make the quick offer, and something you were alluding to is this class could be full or pretty close to full early on, you know, you're selling that to kids. Hey, we want you, but you got to get a spot. So, yeah, that this is one of the quicker recruiting turnarounds of an offer and then somebody to say yes. It's almost like it caught some of these guys maybe off guard, that it was that quick, that they knew that he would probably say yes, but not within 24 hours. Right. Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. It's kind of an in-state, like this is how quickly an in-state kid would say yes. And so he's on board. You know, that's part of what happens. Um, Nebraska does a good job of making his presentation. So he's, he's in for now, and, and I assume that'll continue. But they obviously will see him in March, and you're not signing anybody when they commit. Um, I do, you know, I think, I think he's got a good chance of sticking in the class. Um, he's originally from Louisiana, so, you know, there might be a school or two there in theory that could offer him and, and might be that would you know change his his trajectory, but I, I'm guessing Nebraska will will hold on to him. And yeah, it's going to be a class that, that fills up quickly. I think I think good state kids are going to have some some interesting choices to make um, because you know the, the door is always open for in-state prospects, but but this could be a deal where you know hey um, we got other guys that we can recruit too. So what do you think? Um, and then, you know, the quarterback situation is interesting because obviously Danny Kalen is good enough to play at Nebraska, but you know, Nebraska is going to make it make its effort for Dylan Rayola and we'll we'll see what we'll see what happens. I mean, Danny could be committed somewhere else by then. So it's one of those tricky things again where if there's a very good in state quarterback and it may may not end up at Nebraska because Nebraska's pursuing another kid that uh, they have to pursue, and and rightfully so. But, but you know, that could be an interesting situation to watch. Hey, what were your uh, takeaways from uh, your sit-down with Matt Rule with the rest of the guys from the World Herald? Well, it was a good meeting. And, and uh, there are some things that were on the record and off the record that lead me to believe that he understands the dynamics of this place very quickly whether that was downloaded into him by Trev, whether that's stuff that he picked up himself. Um, you know, he, I think he understands the dynamics of this place, some of the things that have held this place back, some of the, some of the things that, uh, that Scott Frost probably would have had to deal with that Matt Rule did not. And that's not to make excuses for Scott, but when Scott came back, there were just certain things that I think Scott either had to put up with or had to sort of endure that Matt Rule can pick and choose off an old cart menu. And Scott couldn't. No, it felt like he couldn't. Hmm. And Matt can't, you know. And and part of that, I think, is the walk-on program. And, and that's not to say the walk-on program is going away. But Scott felt this inherent pressure to take 40 walk-ons yeah. in his first two classes, which he did not need to do and he shouldn't have done. And Matt doesn't feel that. You know, he doesn't have to. Um but there's other things, too, where I think he, you know, 
rule came in. And he's like, listen, you know, this is kind of how you run a football program, and there's some things here that need to be done and will be done, and we will do, and, and that'll be that. And, and I think that is gone. So he's able to communicate those things. I think he's very honest. Um, you know, and so there's some, there's some things that help us along the way. Um, his comments about Heinrich Harburg, although I think he's kind of made some of these more notable, that he thinks Harburg could be a, you know, a potentially very dynamic, interesting quarterback. Um, I thought that was notable to me because the previous staff was, nope. the previous offensive coordinator had nothing, had, had no time for him. Yeah. Uh, Sam, the the big question, you know, between now and, and when spring ball gets underway, and we, we've heard some of the coaches talk about it too, uh, of just the, the culture when it comes to those close games and this team mentally, you know, being able to overcome that obstacle. In your interaction with him, did, did that seem to be, you know, a big part of the conversation of what they're trying to maybe get to the root of? what You know, it, trying to figure out how they can change that. It was part of it, yeah. Um, you know, he, he talked he talked about a number of different things, but I think that was was definitely one of them. Um, you know, in the journalism world, I suppose I would compare what Nebraska football is trying to do with you know um, writing on deadlines. Mm-hmm. You know, like you mm-hmm. you have to when you're in. You know, not every journalist has to deal with this because there aren't deadlines for all journalists, right, because uh, they're online or whatever. But yeah. there's still a, there's still like an impetus or a pressure or whatever to get things up quickly so you know, people can read your content or whatever. I mean, I'm yeah. going too far into the weeds. But the point being that what they're thinking about as it relates to winning in the fourth quarter is sort of a mindset and a competency they feel like they need to meet in the off season and then and then trickles over into the season. And there are things about the way that I think Matt Rule would manage a football game that will probably help them to win close games. Um, he may be a little bit more conservative in some areas, more aggressive in others. Um, but I think where he wants to get that team is just when they get to the fourth quarter, they're fresh, they're strong, uh, and they're mentally engaged in the game. And they're not making, you know, they're not making crucial, critical mistakes because they, somewhere inside of their process, they're not sure if they can get it done. And and so, like, there's just one of the great things about sports is that you you know there's a final product that reveals um, everything that you would, you would know about the process that got them there. And I think that's where Nebraska is, you know, you can tell that they have not been able to figure out a way to be resilient at the key moment in that game um, because they're not, they're not resilient, yep. and so you know. Whereas there's there's other there's ways that other things can be, you know, masked over in journalism or something like that in football. If there's a final product and it's winning and losing, and there you go. And um, obviously, Nebraska hasn't won enough games. So you know, it, it, I think what what Rule's working on is just how to build a program that is geared toward winning at the end of games, not geared to overwhelming an opponent at the beginning. That's a, that is uh, going to be a transition. We'll hear uh, Corey Campbell tomorrow. That'll be kind of interesting. We don't get to hear a strength and conditioning coach talk very much at a podium. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I'll be I'll be intrigued to, to hear. Uh, you know, he was on the radio I think last week, yep. but this will be a little different. 
it'll be mm-hmm. it, yeah, it'll be a little different talking to him uh, from that perspective. Right. Great stuff, Sam. Appreciate it. All right, take care. Sam McEwen of the World Herald. Yep, Corey Campbell, strength and conditioning coach, will speak to the media uh, along with uh, the last two assistant coaches that have not spoken to the media. Uh, I believe that Zach Duvall in the first year, maybe before spring, may have spoken. I think he did, yeah. But this is very, very rare. But it'll be from the perspective. He's had guys for a month now in winter conditioning. Yeah. And he's he's a guy that got a ton of energy. He's got a very interesting background. Um, but it's kind of gives you a little insight of, you know what, let's put our strength and conditioning coach, who is kind of because of a month and what people see and mm-hmm. what people hear, and his chat with Jessica on the Husker Radio Network on their podcast, it's kind of a mystery of like, hmm. So I, I thought that was I thought that was very a, a subtle placement to have the strength yep. and conditioning coach meet the media, which not only at Nebraska, but how many other places around the country actually have their strength and conditioning coach stand in front of the media. They may do like a side interview, sure, yeah. like a special feature, yeah. but not of where you're going to be taken, right. you know, the Q&A with the media. Yeah who most of the people sitting in that room have no idea what a barbell is from a dumbbell. <laughs> well, some do, though. I mean, come on, some do. Uh, and, and Donovan will be speaking as well with uh, Rob Dvorak. And I know he, he doesn't reveal much, but I think this is going to be really interesting with well, him, too. I don't know. Donovan doesn't speak hardly at all. Right. But he maybe spoke. Will this be, I think this might be either the second or third time that Donovan Raiola has spoke publicly in front of media since he's been at Nebraska. Yeah, I think there was maybe twice last year. Yeah. And none of it was during the season, obviously. But, uh, you know, he was one of the ones that was retained. And at least there'll be, a, I, I think, a little bit more intriguing line of questioning. What the responses are, I don't expect much. All right, 754. Uh, next hour uh, from, as Jimmy tells me, Lambert Field yep. in St. Louis. Hopefully. Ben Steele's flying from Milwaukee. So he must be flying southwest. Yes. So in Milwaukee, St. Louis, he's coming into Omaha for tonight's Marquette game. He covers the Golden Eagles for the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. They got a nice little. Uh, what is it? Uh, the, the sh- is it Shellfly? Shellfly? The the brew? The brewery there? Oh the, yeah, you, Shellfly. Shellfly that yeah. you can have uh, at the airport there too. If, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why not? You don't feel like it's too early. <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to have it to fly. I haven't flown through St. Louis in a while. Yeah. I, I miss Midwest Express. Ah, Midwest Express cookies. used to fly out of Milwaukee, and okay. they had a direct flight to Omaha. Oh. That's how I used to fly home in college. Two hours from Kansas City to San Antonio, got two cookies. Yeah. Nice. Rest in I've peace. I've never done that. Well, Jimmy, you used to also be able to smoke cigarettes on them. So <laughs> things a changed. little bit before my <laughs> This is time. bizarre. People yeah, lighten up. Yeah, just, just think about that. Mm-hmm. You used to sit in a tube in the air, and you'd yeah. be able to smoke. Yep. Uh, we've evolved. In a plaid suit. And my, have and... we evolved all right, Ben will join us coming up at 8.30. Brian Christopherson as well. Maybe he can tell us why Casey Thompson felt the need last night to let everybody know that he actually is coming back. Even though he was seen at uh, the Friday morning mat drill. Well, he, I, mean, I just kind of assumed that he was coming back. He'd signed with 1890. He's been at community events. Yeah. He's been a leader during workouts. But he let everybody know last night he, good. that he was coming back. We'll ask BC For why me. he felt the need to do that. Coming up, that's at uh, 9 on Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up. 
Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs. Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win.